<laughs> What's going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's Pardon the Disruption. I promise you this is going to be a great show. We are going to get into some great topics. And we have quite possibly the greatest panel of all time that's been put together. I am your host, Matthew Potter. I'm short sale guy, hedge fund connection, co-founder of the family tree at Real Broker. If I can help you grow your business, reach out to me. That's what I'm here for. Uh, real quick, for those that are just tuning in for the first time, you're going to see how we break it down around here. We have six total questions, five of which are pre-selected. Number six comes from our audience, so get involved, uh, especially on YouTube, uh, at Pardon the Disruption, and get in there and go ahead and drop your question, and it can be featured on the show. Um, each one of our panelists will get 45 seconds and then two minutes to chop it up. After that, points will be awarded on best argument or Absolutely, let's be honest, it could be off of somebody just dropping absolute savagery on the others. All right, speaking of savages, we're going to start off with Steve Trang. Introduce yourself. What's going on, everybody? Steve Trang, we are here to help you solve your sales problems. I am looking forward. This is going to be looking forward to today. This is going to be an interesting situation. We got a couple of guys that are not used to being ruthless, so we'll see how good they are at giving it as well as taking it. Absol <laughs> absolutely. We're really, we're really hoping that Steve and CJ can hang today. We really are. We really are. No. All right. <laughs> Next up, coming to us uh, from, the east, from the East Coast, uh, out of Richmond, VA, we have Chris CJ Jefferson. Introduce yourself. Chris Jefferson, Richmond, VA, the U. Uh, always good to be back and uh, talk about whatever the hell's going on in the world. So looking forward to today, <laughs> Rob, good to see you guys. And uh, let's rock. Absolutely. Uh, next up coming to us from room 112 at the best Western, we have Robert <laughs> Winsley. Say hi to the people. What's up guys. Guys, super happy to have uh, be back here again today for another episode. I think I won last time, right? Did I win last time? I think I beat it's RJ the past. one. Like, are, you, are, are you RJ? Like, what are we living in the past? Like, let's just move on. <laughs> I'm just glad I beat RJ at something. So super happy to be back <laughs> kicking it with you guys again. Let's bring the fire today. Absolutely. We're glad to have you back. Last, certainly not least, we have the 32nd most famous Fresno State uh, alumnus. We have, we have Stratton Brown. Go ahead and say hi to the people. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Better situation than last time. Last time I was a basic calling. Thank you guys for having me so much back on. I'm ready to talk shit on realtors. This entire, <laughs> this entire thing. Like, we're just gonna yes. demolish them, bro. bro are we, I, I, are we only gonna have one question? Like, uh, we're gonna have like one it. question. Why the hell do they get paid for shit? That's hey, hey, whoa, 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 real quick. I just need to remind everybody that your judge is a licensed realtor. So, like, I, I just need you guys to all take that into account. I'm gonna moderate this today. <laughs> All right. First off, we're going to get into question number one. It's not everybody's favorite as of yet, but just hold on. Like the NFL trade deadline passing earlier this week, what's an asset that you would trade for to improve your business? Start us off, Steve. Well, obviously, obviously it'd be a licensed realtor, right? I mean, step one. Uh, but after the licensed realtor, right, it's someone that can raise capital. You know, someone like if you've got money, the deals will find you. You know, I, one thing I've said before on a previous episode is there could be some life-changing opportunity in the commercial business in the next two to five years, right? So I think if you has, if there's one asset I would trade for is someone that's got access to a ton of capital. 
That's a that is a great thought there, Steve. And by the way, everybody send your San Francisco deals to Steve. He's buying. He is a <laughs> in buyer right now. All right. Next up, CJ. What about you? Yeah, I'd say uh, for sure value add multifamily assets. I think that the the, the asset class of multifamily is going to have. Uh, and is having rather at the moment uh, some some tough outs for sure, right? It's red October, November. I think a lot of Octo- a lot of opt- opportunities are going to come in multifamily value add here in the next couple of years. Uh, and so, if I wanted to play in an asset class, we've done some multifamily in the past, not enough. I'd love to do some more. Uh, so I'd be trading uh, to to either have somebody that could help me fill that gap, uh, or stepping more into that myself for sure. Very nice, very nice. Definitely an asset class that there's going to be a lot of opportunity in right now. All right, Robert, what about you? Who are you trading for? I mean, I'm all in software right now, but as soon as I exit software, I'm going back into multifamily 100 doors plus. I mean, you got 45 seconds. You don't have to finish in five, bro. Come on. <laughs> hey, bro, sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles. You tried your best. <laughs> you know, bro, we got another round coming. You know, that's what I tell my, that's what I tell my girl, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and on that note, we're going to go to Stratton. Um, what about you, boss? Well, who are you trading for? Well, I, I took this completely different. Give me the majority stakeholder of Google. If I want an asset in my business. Mm. I want all that. If I can control all the ad spend in the world, I can make as much money as I want. Google prints money and I can grow any business I want. I can be an idiot and just drive leads. That's how, that's what I would trade for. If so not, that was going to be my answer for one of the other questions, but thank you, Stratton. <laughs> uh, so you watch the hangover, not the hangover, hot tub time machine. That's going to be Stratton, right? What, what did he call Google? Like Rob Goal or something like that? When he came back, yes. uh, that's gonna be a strat. It's gonna be strackle or something like that. Um, but I, you know, I was I was debating between back and forth between money and whatever. The close choice would be if I, if I could just trade for Chris Jefferson uh, because <laughs> this guy's got marketing dialed in. This guy has figured out how to find the masses to help them buy a service, right? Uh, the the audience, the community that Chris has, has built, put together, it's something, you know, as a third party, I admire. So uh, on top of the, right after the money guy, I would trade for Chris Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, we've, uh, shout out to the U family, by the way. Um, <laughs> shout out to the U family, man. You know, I love you guys, man. Potter hung out with us in the U family the other night. He knows the vibes, man. He knows Wild. The vibes. Wild, love, absolutely a great time, great time. Love it, man. I love it. Yeah. So I guess, uh, so yeah, I mean, Stratton stole my answer for another question. So now I got something else. There's well, I mean, like look, four it's... other companies you could include. You know, like I, I listed down four other companies for the other question. I know. I think with control the eyeballs is. I say multifamily. I get what Stratton's trying to say as well, though. Like. Rob can understand this too. Like it's the data business, right? Like I'm in the data business too, right? I'm in the, in the data aggregation business on a daily basis when it comes to ads and, and different things. Whoever holds the data wins, right? Who, yeah, that's who, that's who wins every single time. Uh, well, I mean, Google also owns the data, so they control the eyeball, they own the eyeballs and the data. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I would take Google, but I guess we we'll have to come up with another answer for for later on. 
Uh oh, we're gonna make Steve think. We're gonna make Steve think on a Thursday. Watch out, guys. All right. Um, gonna say based off of the outside the box right there. Gonna give the point to Stratton. Like I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm not just doing that because you know he covered for me or anything. Um, you know, by the way, shout out on that. Um, that that is a great answer though. I mean, if you control if you control the data and the eyeballs, I mean, you control it all. You do. All right, let's get into question number two. How do you handle a situation if one of your employees gets in legal troubles that might cause them to go to jail? I can't wait for this one. All right, start us off, Stratton. All right, so two years ago, my little adorable cousin, Aaliyah's mom calls me, and she says, Aaliyah's gotten into some trouble. And I was like, what for? And she was like, she got caught selling weed at school. And I was like, immediately, she can come work for me. she was my intern i was like hell yeah you got the grind i already know you're really smart and so she interned me at one of my masterminds (laughs) if it's anything else besides let's say selling narcotics up to cocaine i would say (laughs) we we got we probably got to get out you like if we got domestic violence i'm out sexual assault i'm out white collar crimes i'm out like ponzi's like, what is it, wire fraud, any of that shit, I'm out. If it involves some real savvy entrepreneurship of selling some good old stuff, I'm on board, and we're keeping you. Anything else, you're out. That's what the kids are calling it. That good stuff. Good stuff. So it's like those old commercials from the 80s, stovetop and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, what about you? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, so there's a couple of questions I'm going to look at. Uh, first is are kids involved? Like that's the first question. Because if kids are involved, you're you're out, you're out, yeah. you're dead to me, you're dead to the company, right? Um, after that, then we're gonna see how valuable this team member is. So, um, if I were to find out, for example, that a valuable team member, a person that's contributing a lot to the company, got caught assaulting an officer, I would ask questions to find out whether the police officer deserved it. Right. That's, <laughs> that's the perspective I'm going to be coming from to figure out. Right. Like, well, what did he do to deserve it? Um, if it's a person that's, you know, not a valuable team member, well, then it's going to be different questions. Right. So I think the first are kids involved. And after that, how much are you, how much value you're bringing to the company? And based off of that, we'll figure out how we're going to address and to resolve the matter. So we answered the question without answering the question. That, that's, that's I mean, I, I think you know where this is going. I know where it's going. He's a, yeah, he's and a I, politician, I'm, bro. Yeah, I, I know where it's going, and I'm glad okay. I'm still employed, and I do thank you for that. But, you know, we just need an answer. Presidentialcashoffers.com. There, there Presidentialcashoffers.com. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, CJ, what are you doing in this scenario? Yeah, I mean, you guys are pretty kind, man. I mean, if somebody was working for me and went to jail, uh, they wouldn't be working for me anymore. Uh, just hit me up when you get your shit straight and when you get out. And we can try to see if it makes sense to pick it back up then. As long as they didn't do something, you know, that's a serious or violent crime or something like that or financial crime. But, like, if somebody got locked up past, like, maybe 48, 72 hours... Uh, that at that point it cost is costing me money. Yeah. Like I, I don't know why I would be waiting to figure it out with you. Like I, maybe I'll come to court and support. I'll, I'll you know I'll put on a nice suit and come to support if if you didn't do what you're accused of. But if you're already in jail, 
you know, look, like I'll catch you on collect. You know, they got iPads <laughs> in jail now. Hit me on the iMessage or something. Like we'll stay in touch. But like I'm not. I don't know what you, you know, I'll put a couple of bucks on the books. Maybe I'll take it out of your future check that you might be waiting on. But like, I mean, come on, man. What are we, what are we talking about right now? Y'all going to just like, <laughs> y'all just like, hey, I know you went to jail for like a year. But hey, it's all good. Like, you can you can work for me for j- from jail. <laughs> uh, by the way, if anybody needs a character witness, just hit up uh, Chris at startflippingdeals.com. <laughs> He's there for you. All right, Robert, what about you, man? What are you doing in this scenario? All right. There's a whole spectrum of, like, shit that can throw you in jail, okay? <laughs> like, I like what Warren Buffett says. He's like, if you follow anyone around for 500 miles, if you, if you put a cop on someone, you follow them around for 500 miles, you're going to catch them breaking some law. It doesn't matter if it's the Pope himself. Right. So there's a whole spectrum. So I, I, I got to go with Steve on this where like, yeah, figure out what the hell's going on first with my crew, my crew. I got a bunch of 20 somethings working for me. So if someone ended up in jail, it's probably they got drunk on the weekend and got in a fight. And they got thrown in the drunk take. So that's probably the spectrum of shit that <laughs> I would be dealing with in this situation. So my response would be, bro, why the hell did you call me to bail you out? You should have just called me. I would have bailed you out. <laughs> you wouldn't be stuck in jail for the weekend. Next time, don't drink so much. Uh, so that's like the spectrum that I'm expecting. I would probably deal with on my team is just people getting drunk and doing dumb shit. Fortunately, that's never happened. People have done dumb shit, but no one's done shit that's dumb enough to get them thrown in jail. Uh, but there's a lot of things that can get you thrown in jail. Like if you do not renew your registration on your vehicle, that is a criminal offense. That can You can go to jail for that. You know? Like there's these small little things that you can actually get criminal convictions for. And some people don't even know it. And then they have, I would say 50% of my clients that are cartel losses have criminal backgrounds, probably about 50%. So I got with Stratton too. Like there's a lot of things that like a lot of dumb shit that most of us entrepreneurs did. Like who here didn't sell weed when they were a kid? Right? <laughs> like, I didn't. That's I'm like the exception guy. in this industry. Yeah, definitely. I mean, did for come sure. on. <laughs> I got arrested for it. You got arrested for it? Yeah. yeah like, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, 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 like at least 50% of us were selling weed in high school. I was selling fake yeah. jeans, making fake IDs. Like, I, there's so many things that I did when I was young that I, I couldn't I didn't sell. Luckily, I did them all when I was under 18. So it depends what they're doing, number one. And like Strat said, you know, like, like if it's a hustle, I'm just like, bro, why didn't you call me to bail you out? So I did. I definitely didn't sell any weed, right? That, that's ridiculous. To, to why would suggest. the president ever sell weed? <laughs> to suggest to otherwise, right? I only tried to fund the operation, and we picked the wrong people. So, <laughs> uh, and then as far as CJ goes, man, like he does not believe in innocent until proven guilty. No, right? he said it said in jail. Right? Did it like say in jail? I didn't think it said. They're jail. already they're already convicted of something and in jail, right? I'm like, thinking prison. You know where they forgot to renew their. You know where everybody gets messed up about. That's why I put a 72 hour window on it, right? Like if it's okay. if you're out within That's 72 fair. hours, then like we're good. Like we'll fi- we'll figure it out. Like let's go have a drink. Like we'll we'll get it out of there. Maybe have a little no. Bug. They got in there because of the drinking. <laughs> it might <laughs> cause so, them and, to go to jail. So then we got to talk if you got a problem. Right. Because like mm-hmm. now, if you're making incoherent decisions that could affect the business, 
maybe we got to talk maybe we got to find something else for you to do at the company all right like maybe you could be the receptionist all right like <laughs> you can you can just work up front maybe even if you're slightly intoxicated you could still be friendly maybe we could work that out but yeah we had we had a gal after we let her go turns out she had a whole uh bottle of tequila in her in her desk we're like i might explain why her productivity went down in the last two months because we couldn't figure out like her attention to detail just kept getting worse and worse matt knows exactly who i'm talking about no matt's thoroughly confused right now (laughs) okay well uh she was the one that had uh open brain surgery right prior to us hiring her they were her ah there we go i know who you're talking about there we go yeah (laughs) yeah so we're like huh okay we should have caught this earlier because she was not paying very good attention to detail was not as responsive and this bottle of tequila probably has some correlation with that so what i heard was you hired someone who believes that happy hour start you know it's five o'clock somewhere Mm -hmm. it's all right it's not the end of the world all right we're taking this one to the chat um cj is going to get the point on this one uh people are loving the yo let's talk about it later you know, I don't care if you were thrown in there for some dumb stuff. I don't know. Somebody had made a somebody had made a comment in there about JPay uh, email. I don't know. It's like a whole thing. All right, <laughs> question no, question number three. All right, I need you guys to be easy on this question. I know you've been chomping at the bits for this one. I'm literally <laughs> looking at all of you. All right, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the NAR lawsuit verdict? We're gonna start it off with CJ. Be easy, my guy. <laughs> I just think it's great, right? I got, you know, <laughs> realtors have existed for so long on this high horse of the industry. Like they're the like they're God's gift to real estate because they they went and got a license and they do some continued education and hardly sell or list any houses. I I think this is great. And here's here's why I think this is great. Um of the real estate ecosystem, overwhelming majority of people who provide the least amount of value to transactions are realtors by far. All right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is going to be great because I think that the free market should exist. I think that value should have to rise to the top. I don't think that just because you're somebody's cousin or you work with them and got a license that you have to be the person to list their property or help them buy a house. Let's not get it mistaken. Realtors are in the business of making money by sleight of hand. They make money by acting like they're not trying to make a lot of money on people's properties, at least as wholesalers. Right. Like I see realtors trying to compare wholesalers to realtors. We're not realtors. All right. We're not licensed. We're not in a governing body. We're supposed to be trying to make as much money as possible. Realtors do sleight of hand. Hey, Rob, I'm here to help you. I want to do as much as I can to help you get you the best return possible. But, hey, I'm going to let you go buy this house with zero equity. Right. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so that you can move into this property. And then if the market crashes in a year, well, I'll see you when you got to sell it because you're getting foreclosed on. No, you, that's when you say, yo, I'm going to refer you over to Potter. He's going to handle you. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robert, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, I love it. Because here's the thing, the realtors are a cartel, right? 
there's this lot in economics, a lot of perfect competition. Okay, when you're selling basically a commodity service, which basically realtors are doing, they're selling commodity service, there's downward pressure on pricing until eventually you hit bottom prices where basically net profits equals zero. The guys running NAR understand that, so they know the only way to maintain these extractive freaking fees is to work like a cartel. And they've been working like a cartel, and everyone knows that they work like a cartel. And they're not, they don't even hide it. They don't even hide it. Like if you listen to Gary Keller a few years ago talk about Zillow, he's like, You guys are idiots for putting all your data in Zillow. We need to maintain a monopoly on the data because whoever owns the data runs the industry. As soon as you give out the data, we're going to lose our monopoly position. We're going to lose our pricing power. And he was right. He was right. Like these guys know it. These guys know it. And it's been out there. It's been out there. And they've been like, we're not in a cartel. We're not in a cartel. And now finally we have a court saying, yeah, you guys are operating like a freaking cartel. So I'm really happy. But what I'm most happy about is I think the realtors, you know, they're on their high horse, like Chris was saying. And you know what they're doing? They were looking down at the wholesalers and real estate investors like, oh, you wholesalers and real estate investors. They didn't have enough on their hands to worry about. So then they're looking at us. But now they're going to be tied up in this because as soon as that verdict went through, immediately they opened up a ton of lawsuits in a bunch of other states. Now NER is tied up in lawsuits for the next five years. They don't have any bandwidth at all to go after the real estate investors and hammer us for what we're doing. So it's a big blessing. Shout out to NAR, man. Shout out to NAR. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, sh it's shout out to NAW, National Association of Wholesalers. Because yeah. it's, co it's coming. It's coming. It's, coming. I, it's, it's already coming. set up. Jared and it's I got coming. it set up already. It, it's already coming. All right, Stratton, what are your thoughts on this, man? Man, it, bro, it's one of the biggest lobbying groups in America. It is a cartel, just like Robert said. It's a bunch of dunces running around with their thumb up their ass. They don't know anything about housing prices. They lie to people They're like, hey, we can list your house at this. All of you have had a conversation with a person where a realtor tells them one thing and it is blasphemy. And you're like, bro, how are you going to do that? That's not going to work. They're just going to drag you out. They want to lock mm -hmm. you up in a listing agreement. If you go and you look, any business generally does not go through a realtor or a broker if they want to get a good deal. They know that for a fact. If I'm ever looking for something good, I have the infrastructure built inside of my company to get the best deal possible, to break down the deals, go over financials, all that. What else do I got, bro? I, realtors are just the worst, bro. One other thing. Two weeks ago, we had one of the biggest brokers in Fresno put out a reel saying that if you're a wholesaler, you are the scum of the earth and you are stealing from homeowners. Whoever this clown is who owns Realty Concepts is stealing as well. Whoever the fuck that clown is. Sorry, Steve. I know I'm not supposed to say the F word. Yeah, happy birthday to Steve, man. Yeah, bro, <laughs> what, I mean, overall, bro, they, they, they're just the worst. I don't care if I win this one. I, I just think they suck. Yo, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Yo, all I'm gonna say is y'all clearly are not working with the right realtors. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, dude, just holler at me. I'm gonna take care of this for you guys because th this is just unacceptable. All right, Steve, what are your thoughts? You're a card carrying member, so what are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's a sad state of affairs. Uh, I am truly, generally sad for the general public. Um, I think that if you're a person that's looking to buy a home 
you've got no one to represent you if we're removing buyer brokers because there's no one incentivized to help you. So you have no one now looking out for your best interest if you're looking to buy a home. If you're looking to sell your home, you can sell your house for sell by owner. We have perfect competition. You can sell your house Fisbo on Zillow on for sell by owner.com. There's a lot of places you can sell your house, but you're not gonna get the most amount of value for your home, right? So if we remove realtors from the industry, there will be pure competition and prices will adjust. But at the end of the day, if you have no one else to market your home, then you have less marketing, you have less demand, you will get less for your home. So I think it's a general sad state of affairs for the general public. To Stratton's point and CJ's point, absolutely a majority of realtors are grossly incompetent. That's not a secret. Everyone's well aware of that. Facts. But you cannot judge an industry that's full of salespeople on incompetence because salespeople in general are not well-rounded business owners. And in fact, most industries, that's the case, right? If you look at most, if you look at the average wholesaler, are you going to say, man, this guy's ready to go to a fortune 500 situation? <clears throat> if you look at most general contractors, why are they terrible? Because they are really good at drywall and HVAC. And they said, I can do this. I'm going to start my own business. And they have no idea <clears throat> that being able to put drywall up has nothing to do with running a business. So I think that yes, there are a lot of incompetent realtors out there, a majority of them. If it's not 80% is 90%. I'm not disagreeing with that, but you talk about competition. This is why we have competition. If you don't want to pay 6% to a realtor, you can go flat fee. You can call a wholesaler. There's four of us here, right? So it's not like wholesalers are removed. It's that I believe if you want the most amount of money today, the realtor is going to get you the most money. If you don't like how much they charge, Negotiate. Everything's negotiable. Yeah, what I what I mean when I say value in the in the free market, right, is that if you're a realtor and you're going to work with somebody who wants to sell their home, the overwhelming majority of people who are going to sell their home, the property is not new construction, nor is it already previously been renovated. Mm -hmm. All right. But most realtors aren't in the position where they can truly educate somebody on how to actually increase the value to get maximum dollars. Right. And they and they often don't. The good realtors do. Right. The other segment of the population is is new construction. <clears throat> Home builders don't work with regular realtors. They get buyer representatives. Right. And develop their own compensation plans and they, they pay whatever they want. and People just deal with it. And then the other piece is people like us. Right. Home renovators, fix and flippers who don't want to pay full commission anyway. We don't want to right. pay three percent to so list don't. our property that we've like, already no fully renovated. Like the the, here, the point of the lawsuit was that there was price fixing, in, in, uh, right? Like that's the point. Is like there's there's this general collusion of it, right? right. And right. I can that's understand what I'm is how that happens. Why flat free companies exist? Why broker lists exist? And some of these other companies mm -hmm. exist? It's because for too long, too many brokers were saying to their agents to tell to say to their investor contact or their investor seller they were going to represent. Like, hey, no, Rob, you know, you know, I can't I can't do a flat fee for you. My broker won't let me. Right. Right. Like, hey, I know there's nothing for me to do but stick it on the MLS and set up showings. But, but that goes back to that's incompetence. That is no. price fixing. If that is a if that's a conversation, that is a violation of Sherman Antitrust. Right. So, like, I'm not disagreeing with you there. My point <clears> is you would find a good realtor and you would pay a premium for a good realtor or you can go FISBO like. This whole idea that you were you had to pay all commissions six percent or whatever is grossly untrue. And by the way, I didn't ask for six, right? I asked for seven. All right, hold on. So and, can I ask you a quick question? 
Yes. Do you I think guess. the general population that goes to list a house and or mm-hmm. buy a house knows or understands that the 6% commission is negotiable? And do you think that realtors communicate that effectively to their clients to give them the opportunity to properly negotiate the commission? Yes or no? Can Are they prepared to negotiate? Yes or no? No. Yes or no? Yes, they know. They absolutely know. Every <laughs> single homeowner is asking me to do it for a reduction. <laughs> yeah, absolutely I'm a, I'm a, I'm no, a they ask. no, I'm not saying they don't ask. I'm not saying they don't ask. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that the realtors tell them it's not even possible. You got realtors out here that are uh, people in to twelve I don't, month representation agreements. I don't know bro, who bro, the long the long listing agreements are crazy. Come on, man. Come on. Bro, yeah. those, what? And then you say that they can market it better, bro. What are they? They put it on the MLS. Mm-hmm. What else can you do for marketing? Like in all reality, they put it on the cookie, MLS cookie and they post about it on their crazy, social. The well, the Kroger trays. trays for sure. The, the cookie trays, trays for sure, bro. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> but really, if it comes down to the resources to market it, right? Having the buyer relationships, working with the realtors that you know that can bring in the quality uh, clients. But the other thing too, like everyone seems to think that what a market, what a realtor does is market and put on MLS and market it, right? Like that's what the the, the illusion. That's what people think. That was true in the eighties. That was true in the 70s, that was true in the 90s, oh, a lot of 2000s. Today, that's not the value. The value is not sticking to MLS. The value is helping you navigate a transaction. The, the value today is helping you understand the risks and consequences of every decision you make throughout the transaction. Yeah, shout, shout out to our sponsor, NAR, by the way. Now, look. Here's the thing. There's value, but they're extracting too much value. He was back Dude, people, people are deciding what they're, they're charging buying. thousands of dollars an hour. And all they I have want to, to be clear here. As I speak like, off uh, these things, I have opted out of the realtor industry because I couldn't stand servicing people that didn't value me because everyone wanted to negotiate my fee. Right? <laughs> Yo, so so real real quick, I got a question for everybody on the panel. Sorry, I did. I'm ad living right here. How many of you would be willing to buy a property at 95 percent of ARV right now? Nobody but a realtor's client. Okay, so can can we agree though? Like, let's just let's take a step back. Can we agree that maybe for that particular seller, if they're getting 95 percent of ARV? versus maybe 70% ARV from you or a uh, investor buddy of yours or something like that, could we see that maybe there's a benefit there for the seller? Yeah, I mean, I get your point, right? The seller is able to make as much money as possible in that scenario. Is that what you mean? Okay, yeah, correct. Like, So for example, say, say you were selling a property, CJ, do you right. want the most amount of money possible, or do you want to sell it to, or do you want to sell it to Robert over here for 65% of ARV? I think, Look, but that's I not where they're getting sued the for. They're getting sued for the buyer side because right, they're, they're right. price fixing on the buyer side. That's what they're getting sued for. See, but here's the here's the reality of the uh, of this side. And again, like this is just me talking real estate. So the reality is, and you know, you we can all agree to disagree on this. I have seen every co-broke known to man in the MLS. I've done deals for literally a dollar co-broke. Okay. So have so have I harmed so have I harmed the buyer? Have I harmed the seller? I've done it for five hundred bucks. I've done it for a thousand bucks. I've had new build. I've had new builds that will give me five percent for bringing a client because they're not selling anything because of where interest rates are. So, <laughs> like I said, just take that into account. That ultimately, at the end of the day, I think we all need to learn about this of the aspect that 
agents and investors need to learn that we're in the same ecosystem and we need to start supporting each other rather than sitting there trying to point fingers at each other or else we're both going to be out of business real fast. And for the record, I was one of those people that the dollar co-broke. Man, because yeah, I didn't buy buyer agents. You're a jerk. Man, I got the <laughs> angriest phone calls and voicemails about my dollar co-broke. It's like, I don't value buyer agents. Like, I want to double end this deal. And look at I'll, that. I'll tell you guys a story about the last. Can I tell you guys a story about the last house I bought? My 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 personal my last personal residence. This is funny. So the way I look at it, here's the way I look at it. Everyone operates in their own interests. And as long as you understand that everyone is operating in their own interests, you can navigate this pretty easily. Okay. So <clears throat> when I was shopping for my last house, it was like 2021, super hot market. And I was going for a property in the richest county in all of America, out in wine country, outside of DC, nothing is ever listed. When it is listed, what I found is that they would, the, the strategy that the brokers were using in that area is they would bait you in with a really low price. And on average, the properties were selling for a hundred to $200,000 above their initial listing price. So I see this property list and I'm like, damn, this is on a wine vineyard. I wanna go after this deal. I roll up. There's by the time I'm finished my showing, there's a line out the door. Like probably 50 people want to look at this house. They listed it for like uh 680, and I knew that they were gonna to try to sell it in the eight hundreds. So what I did is I didn't have a buyer's agent. I go to the seller's agent, I'm like, I'm like, she's gonna act in her own interest. I'm like, I'll tell you what, I'll give you an offer on this thing. I'll give you your 680, but you have till 5 p.m. to accept it. And guess what? I don't have a buyer's agent. So you can double end it and you can represent me. You can make double, but you got to get your seller to accept this by 5 p.m. Every investor knows the best way to get an agent that's listing a property for somebody to work on your side is to tell them what exactly what Rob did. Hey, I do this all the time. Hey, I'm under, I don't, I'm, I'm not represented. I have no agent. You're more than welcome to make both sides of the commission. Here's the deal that I need to make work. Can you make it happen? And guess what happens the majority yeah. of the time? So, 459 accepted my offer. So one thing I want to say, because Chris says everyone operates in their best interest, but last week he got butt hurt when we said builders operate in their best interest. Just want to highlight that there real quick. Leave it out. Just put that out there. <laughs> Yo. <clears throat> All right. So that was good. That was good dialogue. Good conversation. It's nice to know that seventy five percent of the panel wants me out of business. Um, you know, I, pr I appreciate I appreciate all of you, and I'll be submitting my resumes to your respective, you know, uh, operations over there. Um, the look, I'm gonna go with Steve on this because ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm sorry he brought he brought up the good points. Look, he brought up good points, and like I told you guys, at the end of the day, we all know nobody's buying something at ninety-five percent of ARV, and you guys even backed that up with everybody operates in their own, you know, in their own best interest. That's a seller's best interest. It's no different than when you're flipping a property. You guys want the highest price possible. You're not over there saying, "Hey, I really hope that I can sell this for less." You want it for more. So that's it for that round. All right, we're gonna get on to. A word from our sponsor, Sales Disruptors, today. Uh, we have a lot of you might or might not know that apart from podcasting, wholesaling, and being a perennial third place on PTD, Steve and Sales Disruptors teach and coach the, the country's top home buyers to buy houses at massive discounts. What this means is that Steve helps companies learn a sales process, meaning he teaches them what to say to homeowners to acquire properties at deep discounts with the disruptor process. 
Earlier this year, Steve and Ian launched a sales community so that everyone can gain access to the same training at the ridiculous discount of only $97 a month. What's even more exciting is that inside the community, you will get all of Steve's courses, old and new, three coaching calls a week, resources, handouts, and access to Steve and Ian Ross for the great price, which in the past cost thousands of dollars. Simply put, sales is the surest skill to become financially free. If you're interested in joining their mission of creating 100 millionaires, go to salesdisruptors.com to become the next one. All right, we're going to get into question number four over here. Walt Disney finalized a deal to complete to completely own Hulu from Comcast Media. What is one company you'd acquire to boost up your business? Steve, start us off. Uh, I mean, I was going to say Google. Um, but I mean, that answer's already been taken. Stratton, thank you. Uh, so I guess after that, uh, based off the last answer, uh, I would, if I could acquire two companies, uh, National Association of Realtors and National Association of Wholesalers, if I could just control <laughs> the narrative <laughs> in both industries, right? Because I am a wholesaler, I'm, I'm, I'm a realtor. If I can control the narrative in both industries, we should conquer the real estate market. So, if I could pick two, those are the two things I'd pick. Nar and Nah. Good stuff. Nar and Nah. Stuff. Nar and Nah. <laughs> All right. Narwhal. We're gonna sit we're know. gonna send it over we're gonna send it over to CJ. He's over here. He's me mugging me right now. He's not happy <laughs> with me. He does not like he does not like this realtor right now, but all right. What are your thoughts, CJ? What are you acquiring? Look, every generation there comes along an opportunity to to just get massively, massively, massively wealthy. Uh, and that's happened since the beginning of time, whether it was steel, coal, uh, railroads, airplanes, the Internet, uh, AI, man, open AI. If I could acquire any company right now by far, uh, it would be open AI above any other company, above Google, Apple, whoever. Uh, open AI, uh, their, their business, what they're doing is a new frontier. The way they the, I mean, the speed of this evaluation. Yeah, I mean, 100 percent. I'm going after open AI without question. That's a, that's actually a really great response. Uh, I didn't even think of that one. All right, Robert, what about you? Uh, what are you acquiring? Assuming I had no budget, uh, I'll just go out and buy Zillow. Uh, but realistically, though, realistically, InvestorLift, we own Dispo. Like no one's, we, we do thousands of properties per month. Thousands. We, we own off market Dispo by far. I mean, we're probably 20 to 30 times bigger than place number two. So I think it would be cool. So we have the Dispo side down. We haven't even touched acquisitions. I think it would be cool if you had acquisitions at Dispo, like the full thing all under one roof. So if we did a merger with like a company like Batch or PropStream and you could have like one piece of software that would, you could just like, that's all you need to run a wholesaling business. One piece of software, one credit card bill, everything you need from acquisitions to Dispo. That could be pretty sexy. Coming soon, Batch Lift. There we go. That'll work. <laughs> we can roll with it. All right, Stratton, what about you? I was going to go with BlackRock. Chris took OpenAI. <laughs> Steve took Google, but I was like, yeah, man, I mean, BlackRock. I mean, that, that is the one if you want to control Choice. everything and make the most money possible without having to worry about NAR or anybody. BlackRock, what is they own like ninety percent of the S and P five hundred in some way or form, like they own <coughs> a share in it. It's like ninety two percent now, bro. You know, they, <laughs> they bought some more stuff last month. 
<laughs> so for me, it would for sure be BlackRock would be the number one company I'd want. Yeah, they are past the point of diminishing returns. They literally own everything, right? Like, I don't know what what's the point of raising any more money. Like, yeah, well, you know, we really want to get to ninety three percent of Wall Street. Um, so CJ, let me ask you about OpenAI. Um, yeah. OpenAI, obviously, I mean, they got the AI piece figured out, but do you think if you would go with OpenAI, you think that they've got a large enough um, lead on Google that Google can't catch them? They just. I, I, I think I think it's not about whether like you can be caught, right? I think that there's something always to be said about being first, all right? <clears throat> yeah, and look, I, I think this is congruent across almost every single industry, all right? Like before property dispo became a hard focus, I didn't really hear about anybody other than investor live right now. I could name five different companies that do the exact same thing or attempt to do the exact same thing that investor live does. But Rob just said it, right? He's 20, 30, he's 20, 30 spots ahead uh, of, of, of anybody else. I can say the same thing about my own business, right? Like I started doing communities back in 2020 when nobody was doing a community. Everything at the time was sell a course, put them somebody in a Facebook group, Give them a call a week. Tell them good luck. Right. <clears throat> well, my business blew up because I, I was one of the first to do community. Pace Morby, he started his community the exact same time as well. Yeah. <clears throat> so I would go open AI because the opportunity to be first. And more importantly, man, it's not even regulated yet. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of value to being first. Right. I mean, Harvard, like the first university in America. Right. Coca-Cola was the first cola company. Like, I think there's a lot of value to being first. Yeah, but I think Google is so well funded um, that I think that they can. I, I and I could be. I'm speaking not with a lot of like data to back this up, just <clears throat> theoretical at this moment. But I think they have the resources to catch OpenAI, and uh, I mean, it might be even a situation where they acquire OpenAI. They have more training data. Like that's I think yeah. the big thing because the algorithms are pretty much commoditized now. Like the algorithms are like we're actually working with the same like the theory and the math that goes into these algorithms was developed back in the sixties and seventies. So uh, what these guys are computing on is like compute power, the amount of compute power going in, and the amount of data training data that you're putting in, and how you how you finesse that training data, right? Like at InvestorLift, InvestorLift is basically a big, big massive data mining machine. It took until this year for us to actually have enough data that we could actually make AI that works. And even though we finally have it like actually working, it only works in some cities right now where we have enough data. So it's all it's not really about the machine as much about like the, the fuel you put in the machine. I think Google could surpass them and probably will, just because I think that the data advantage, there is the first mover advantage that Chris mentioned. But I think having the data advantage, I mean, they have over 20,000 data points per, per American, right? All your search history, everything. Like if you're going to go on a trip to Alaska, you're going to start searching for flights to Alaska before you even tell your wife that you want to go to Alaska. Google already knows you want to go to Alaska. They're already showing you ads for fur coats, <laughs> right? So I think they have such a big information advantage that they, they could surpass up in AI pretty quickly. I think It'll be a war, though, a huge AI war. Coming. I think the only thing that's really going to hold him in place, I mean, Sam Altman is an extraordinary human, right? And like, if you want to go like yeah. CEO to CEO, Google CEOs have kind of stepped out a little bit. And Sam Altman is laser focused and just got President Biden involved. Like, hey, we want regulatory capture. We are going for this. And if you have one, so he had the best job ever. I, 
I think OpenAI is going to take it, but Google will be close. <clears throat> so that was definitely uh, an interesting round. A lot of uh, thought-provoking ones there. Um, you know, like I said, even even though he wants me to be on the unemployment line next week, uh, point to uh, CJ over there with OpenAI. Um, I like that one. Like I said, I'm going to send my <coughs> application over to the U. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into question number five. It would not be a PTD without a sports question. We always know that there's something. Thank God RJ's not here. He'd try to work in hockey. All right. Like the Texas Rangers overcoming the odds from winning the World Series, what is one unexpected victory you have had this year? Start us off, CJ. One unexpected victory I've had this year. Um, the Texas Rangers, they suck that bad. Um, yeah. Look, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know they were in the World Series until I saw the question five minutes before we started the show. Um, I, don't, I haven't had any unexpected victories. If I could be honest, I, I always expect to win. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Maybe everybody else is different. I always expect to win at everything that I'm doing, anything that I pick up. Uh, I don't mind taking L's when necessary. I think you learn from L's. You fail forward from failures. But I can't remember anything that I've done where I thought it wasn't going to work out. Uh, and it was like an unexpected win. Uh, so I'm not I'm not Texas Rangers, man. So, you know, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm like the Yankees, bro. Like we even if we haven't been in a while, like we think we're going every year. There we go. The confidence, the confidence coming from the U over there. All right, Robert, what about you? So similar to Chris, like I always expect everything to go well. I'm an internal optimist. I think you have to be to operate at this level. You have to, because your chances of failure are so high in entrepreneurship that you got to be a little bit crazy to even try. <laughs> always expecting everything to work out. Um, what I'm always uncertain about though is timelines, timelines on things. So, uh, we did a big push into AI this year and I was thinking we'd probably have a, a, a product that is like good enough to bring to market probably in like Q3 next year, if we like really worked on it hard. And, uh, I, I ran, we made a slight tweak to our algorithm a couple of months back, we just changed like one little weighting and all of a sudden, boom, it works. Like I, I, I ran property through it. It spit out 10 names and three out of the 10 want to buy the deal. And I sold the deal in like five minutes. Uh, and then like, I was, I was losing my shit. I was like, I was like, holy, this thing works. This thing works. <laughs> so, uh, that was a, like the speed, like I didn't expect that version to work. That's such a small tweak would make it work. So that's uh, it's actually going live. I think next month in, in Phoenix. So super excited for that. Um, actually, Steve, if you're down to beta, I have the beta. I should be getting access to the beta that I can let people play around with tomorrow if you want to test it on some Let's videos. Go. You want me to put it on the MLS for you, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I had to. Yo, I, I got to have fun with it. I got to have fun with it. All, all right, Stratton, what about you, boss? Bro, the first thing I have written down, like everybody else, I don't ever plan on losing is the first sentence I wrote down. I was like writing down my notes. I'm never planning on losing. I don't know, man. There's not really a lot of expected wins. You always expect to go out and crush. If anything, it may not perform the way you wanted it to. But I've never thought like, oh, I might not win this. Like Robert said, man, like I'm, I'm in this shit to win and dominate. 
And sometimes if you don't dominate, it's okay. But like, I never, ever had an intention of taking an L. If you're going to, if you're going to anything with an intention of taking an L, you're already lost. Like I've not even, if you go into it and not plan on dominating, you already lost. Just because there's so much competition, if you don't hold yourself that way, you're just going to get washed away. 100%. That's solid right there. All right, Steve, what about you? What are your thoughts? My first thought is everyone here is freaking DJ Khaled, right? Uh, I'm surrounded <laughs> by a bunch of DJ Khaleds. Uh, so for myself, uh, I would say the biggest uh, win, uh, unexpected victory, is um, I'm working with a group of guys who um, – I think with what they're doing is going to completely disrupt the wholesaling industry and could grossly impact the realtor industry as well. Uh, so it's something I think is going to be big in 2024. So um, I would, this is not something I was looking forward to, nothing I planned for. It was just these guys have figured something out. They reached out to me. Hey, can you help us like go from this concept to a workable product? So I'll say for sure that's the biggest win for me was uh, there's something that I think is going to completely change the game in 2024. It's very vague. I can't very speak vague. about it. I can't say anything yet. I'm like, <laughs> I'm working with them on it. I can't say exactly what it is, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize you could, I didn't realize you could right. vague book on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Blow smoke. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we got Puff the Magic Dragon over there. That's uh, that's Steve now for you. Um, the point is that uh, the, the victory is that I've, I've managed to get myself in a situation that could be extremely promising that I was not looking for, right? And so, you know, we talk about this with like the Whale Club is keeping opportunities open, being receptive, right? Like, don't stay so deep into your business that you don't keep your head up for opportunities, right? And so, like, we're working, we're, we're staying active. But we're keeping our head, you know, looking for opportunities. And every once in a while, you land a big fish, right? And that was that was something that was completely unexpected, but could be could be massive. Just as vague as before. We appreciate it, Steve. You know, you're welcome. It's great. Hey, it was unexpected. Hey, like just like it, just like my answer. It, oh, it was unexpected. All right. Um, for the three that actually answered the question. Uh, point to, point to Stratton on this one, just from the aspect of if you go into it thinking that you're going to lose, you've already lost, bro. You're, you're cooked and you're toast. So I really like that driving that home. Um, we have question number six. I'm excited. This is coming from, uh, an agent slash investor that's in the family tree with me. Um, so super excited about this. If you were overseeing the NAR and NAW, organizations. I love how we just created that on PTG. Um, how would you bridge the gap between agents and investors? Start us off, Stratton. I think you need to have significantly more education when someone gets their license and it's, you're learning, Hey, here's what investors do. You need to learn several different exit strategies. You need to learn how to actually evaluate a deal. You need to learn, like, I'd even say you need to learn returns because if you're going to be dealing with all these different people, it's, it's almost like a college degree of like a year to two years of, all right, how do people make money doing this? What's your type of buyer? What's this type of buyer? Awesome. So now with the NA, what is it? NAW? NAW. Nah, it would more for NAW, it'd be like ethics, right? Like, all right, so how do we not tell this person we're going to buy the yeah. house, then back out on closing day and say, I'm sorry, bud, you got to lose your house to foreclosure. Like, hey, here's the law of ethics that you follow during these transactions. So on the wholesale side, a lot of education, but I think a lot of people are selling that. That's kind of served. 
but the ethics side I think is very <coughs> underrated, right? You got random dipshits doing sub two. That one's awful, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then from the realtor side, you gotta if they're really gonna be in it, we gotta educate them on all the different people that they will be serving and then all the outcomes that they can create, not just like basic law that nobody really like people care about it but that's not helping your person <clears throat> there we go i like that solid strat and solid all right steve what about you how are you uh how are you gonna oversee nar and Naw? let me tell you what won't work if we started a podcast called real estate disruptors because that was <laughs> my plan when i first started it right because i'm a wholesaler <laughs> and i'm a realtor like hey let's marry these two worlds we're all trying to accomplish the same thing and after 10 episodes it was readily apparent that these two this is like you know romeo and juliet these two parties just hate each other and there's just nothing we can do uh to marry them um i think uh as far as seeing the value and understanding the greater purpose of helping a person out of a situation and understand that both <coughs> parties whether realtor or wholesaler is trying to help a seller go from point a to point b so i think just understanding that we're all on the same mission we serve it differently, right? The why is the same, the how is different. If we can understand that, that we're here to serve, it should be fine. But I think this is Crips and Blood. I don't think that we're ever going to have unity. <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so we're going to have turf wars. All right, CJ, what about you? What are your thoughts? I, I think that I think that Steve and Shred's answers sound good, but I think those are too complex and complicated. And it's like they basically would be learning forever, right? I think if you wanted to 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 merge the two, uh, I think it would be critically critically important to make realtors have to understand investment concepts, investment exit strategies. That's how you truly serve. Like so, when I hear like this thing about value and serving and all that as an agent, it, it's it's the inability to do so is not in the intentionality. It's in the education. It's in the knowledge. Right. Everything that happens when it comes to a piece of transactional real estate, regardless of the asset class, is it, it's literally all the decisions are based on investment concepts. Right. Does a realtor know what yield is? Does a realtor know how to figure out what somebody's rate of return would be? Do they even understand what cap rate is? Or like all these things, I think, should be critically important to being a realtor, because that is literally how you would be able to get the most value and serve whoever your client is, regardless of what side of the transaction you're on. Shout out to continuing Ed failing us over here, you know, on the <laughs> realtor side. <laughs> All right, Robert, what about you? What are your thoughts? I mean, this is Israel, Palestine, 2.0. Jesus. Just keep the rackets firing now. Okay, no, in, in actuality, I think the problem is most real estate professionals do not understand the value that investors bring to the United States economy. You see, people look at us as the trash men and the like con artists of real estate investing. In reality, most realtors make more in a transaction, provide way less value and spend way less time and have way less problems to solve than a real estate wholesaler ever would or a real estate investor. We're the ones that take all the risk. We're the ones that solve the unsolvable problems. And yes, we might be the trash men of the industry, but you know what? We're taking out all the trash, cleaning up all the houses that no one else can handle. We, we have 
an opportunity in the market because we're serving people that are not being served. Otherwise, there would be no market for, for us. And if you didn't have real estate investors, you know what happens? These houses don't get fixed up. The capital doesn't get invested back into them. The neighborhoods start falling apart. The crime starts coming in and your communities start falling apart. So real estate investors are a critical, critical, critical part of the United States economy. They should not be villainized. And I think that NAR should just stop trying to shit all over us and look at it as like us versus them and look at us as like, hey, no, we are an essential part. If we didn't fix up all these houses, you would have fall you wouldn't have nice houses to sell. Like all these houses across America are constantly, constantly, constantly decreasing and and, and their value and falling apart slowly. And you gotta have real estate investors coming in there and clean them up and clean them up and give them back in good shape so that they can sell in them less than 30 days. So we just need to be appreciated more. That's all it is. We just need to be appreciated more. So I just wanna point out that to Robert's reference of you know being treated like trash men, trash men is often one of the highest paid jobs. Right, like those guys get paid pretty damn well because they're doing the job that no one else wants to do. It's a good reference, but I don't think trash people are are disrespected. I think they're compensated pretty darn well. And I think to Stratton and Chris's point, I understand like you're saying we should have realtors understand investments more. I see the value in understanding investments is the reason why I'm on this side. But the average realtor doesn't have to understand. I would argue they don't have to understand it because ninety percent of the population, ninety percent of the clients or more aren't interested in investing, right? They're just selling their home or buying a home for a place to live. Right? Yeah, but, but that's why I say that's why I say concepts, right? Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a question. <clears throat> you and Potter are, are, are realtors. So if you took you can say it nicer. Yeah, realtors. dude, that was that was yeah. a little yeah. that was a little yeah. offensive, yeah. bro. You, 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 you brushed me off that. to the side, bro. <laughs> if, you, if you took if you took 10 homeowners, yeah. Of those 10, how many would you say on generally for each 10 have have renovated and maintained their property over time fully updated it over time where they can really sell it at max value would you say that's the the minority or the majority of people i'd say about half yeah i would i would agree with that and the reason i'll tell you that cj i'm going to give you a backstory since i sell a lot more homes than steve does um <laughs> <laughs> the reality yeah, no is no, no, you don't. The reality is, especially here in Phoenix Metro with suburbs, like especially like our bedroom suburbs that kind of popped up overnight. I mean, I went to a property yesterday, albeit it's a short sale that I'm listing, but it was built in 2022. It doesn't need updating. But that's the, different. Yeah, it, yeah, well, that's and, different. That, and that's what I'm saying. Like there are those ones, but I would say probably, I, you know, I just sold a home over in Queen Creek seller put everything in there it was taught like it's a top dollar property it is there's nothing that would have been a value add on that one absolutely nothing you couldn't have done anything i'm talking you know pottery barn front door the mailbox was cute the whole thing so you run into about half of the people have that quality of home and then you have half where i can understand what you're saying yeah there's a value add opportunity there where are you and going with the CJ? phoenix man like think about where chris is at that's some old property out there. Some ghetto yeah. properties. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Steve's taking shots, bro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I thought that, I'm sorry. I was trying to say what Stratton was saying. I was trying to read between the lines. Yeah, shout out to NAR, bro. <laughs> bro. Hey, well, well, but CJ, you're asking that question. Where, where are we going with it? No, I'm just saying, right? Like, 
when I say investor investment concepts, like <clears throat> here's how simple this is. The majority of the population thinks it costs sixty to a hundred thousand dollars to renovate their kitchen. You know how much it really costs to do it? Like fifteen max. Like fifteen thousand, twenty thousand can get you a crazy baller kitchen. It, think about if people just understood that concept, how much money that could put back in people's pockets. Now, it may take a lot of contractors out of business or might hurt their business. All right. But I'm just saying concepts around investing and understand value add, getting a return, uh, how the market actually functions and works. And then to Rob's point. Right. When Rob is talking about that, we're the trash men of the industry. We do all the dirty work. I mean, that's quite literally true, right? Like nobody else is going to be coming into these neighborhoods, revitalizing neighborhoods and communities. You got to think about what builders do. Builders are the ones that come in and put in amenities. They put in resources. City government is the one holding them responsible for putting in roads and utilities, putting in parks and recreation. This is tax dollars to pay for these things. We're the ones who drive up the economy. Think about the last 14 years. Investors are the ones. We're the ones who've driven up the economy for all this wealth that's been able to be created in America that people are able to take advantage of with their HELOCs, go out and buy new cars, vacation houses, all these different types of things, that doesn't exist in this economy whatsoever at all, literally. There's no economic growth year over year without investors involved in transactions. So, and everybody forgets well, that. Everybody forgets yes. that. Yes. Everybody well, yeah. forgets we, that when we have all these we, conversations. And shout out to Brian Rogers. We drive the entire United States economy. Uh, Jerome Powell has gone out and said this. He's like, look, we got to keep on increasing interest rates until we slow down real estate investing. Right. Because until you slow down real estate investing, inflation does not go down. So they literally so, just ha had to keep on hammering inflation rates until they took us out. Because uh, 10 to 20% of transactions in most major cities across America last year were transactions with real estate investors. Like, that's huge. That is huge. We're talking one in five to one in ten. Uh, and we're, we're like Chris said, we're driving up the values of these properties, which then is giving people more equity in their houses, is decreasing their their debt to equity ratios, is making Americans more wealthy. So CJ, exactly I completely right. agree with a lot of what you just said there. As a matter of fact, that's my number one most viewed TikTok video explaining all that, and one of my top five Instagram reels. Right. So I completely agree with you there because that's exactly what I said. Yeah. Shout out so, to the AR. So here's the here's the challenge, right? <laughs> Everything you know, CJ, here's the problem I ran into. There's no way or it's pretty hard to get a homeowner to pay you a 6% commission based off your information here, right? Or 6% commission on a home generally isn't worth your time, right? For that information. And that is where I've kind of found Wait, myself. Wait, hold on. Isn't, isn't worth whose time? My time. Isn't worth your time. As the realtor, you mean? As the realtor, I, I. But this is my point earlier, right? Because of because of this this lawsuit, mm -hmm. it will be it will have to become worth your time. Exactly, it's going right? to have like, to become you, worth you, your it time. It can no longer no longer as an agent will you be able to say it's not worth my time. It will not have to be because there's no, going to be no, another. My, my point. I don't. I don't think you're hearing me right, CJ. What I'm saying is, six percent of a three hundred fifty thousand dollar home, right? That's like twenty k. Is that worth CJ's time to get paid 20K to help a homeowner do all these things? Well, I'm not a realtor, bro. So I'm, I'm asking it, you. No, 20,000, 20,000, 200,000 wouldn't be worth my time to work with somebody. To but that's my house. point, right? So this is <laughs> where I found myself. I don't have the patience, right? Because I believe I'm worth that, right? 
But I have the patience for a homeowner that's like, well, I don't want to pay you this or that. So I'm like, okay, if you don't want to pay me that, I'll go apply. I'll go put my time somewhere. It's just like we have coaching, right? No, but we're tracking so, the same way, though. I, I'm with you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, though, right? But so then the point is, like you're saying, the value is not there, right? Like they're not worth 6%. But there are a lot of people out there that can add this value. And they're the ones that are getting paid the high commission. Like Potter, right? I don't know what Potter's average fee is, but it's not... He's not flat fee. I can tell you that for damn sure. No, but this is my point. Literally, though, Steve, this is what free. This is why the free market needs to exist for realtors. Be easy, I CJ. Argue, <laughs> I would exist. argue. I would argue that the, that Potter in that instance deserved more than six percent. Right. Yeah, right. Like if if I if I come help you with your home and increase the value of your home for you a hundred thousand dollars, why would I? Why would I only want to make three percent on that? That doesn't make any sense. Like if I come exchange and provide you that much value and I and I help you take your property from being worth 300,000 to 400,000 for you to be able to capture some of that. No, I think there's more value to that. And I think this lawsuit is going to allow people on both ends of the spectrum, not just to lower commission. I think it's going to allow people to increase their commission as well by, by making that congruent with the value that they're actually providing, because there's a bunch of Steve trains out here that don't want to take the time. Well, we become wholesalers and flippers. Didn't you own a brokerage? <laughs> now, I did. So now we can be honest, right? So now we can be honest. Uh-oh. Because Uh-oh. That's, that's, essentially, that's essentially what realtors are. They just they just don't want to identify as that. That's a whole different conversation, right? But they, they don't, they don't want to identify as wholesalers. But that's, that's, that's what it is. I, I agree. I wouldn't say that wholesalers are realtors. All right. So a couple of things. Uh, number one, taking this one to the chat. Um, CJ got a lot of love in there. CJ, you're getting the point. You will win today. Uh, like I said, my resume is in your inbox. Um, <laughs> next week, uh, we're going to continue this discussion on CJ owning a brokerage. We're going to go ahead and just have, you know, <laughs> we're, we're going to have that on there. Um <laughs> Real talk, though, we had a lot of fun today. It's always good uh, sitting down with you guys and getting both both sides of, both sides of the coin, both sides of the perspective. I think I love that about PTD, and then afterwards we can all um, you know sit there and bust each other's chops and do business. Well, afterwards. they can all lose my number. <laughs> Fantastic. So we're gonna remove Steve from the group chat. Um, it has been awesome today with PTD. We're going to go ahead and do some outros over here. We're going to start off with uh, our winner today, Mr. Chris Jefferson. Say bye to the people. Always a pleasure. Uh, Chris Jefferson, Richmond VA, startflippingdeals.com. Rob, great to see you. Stratton, great to see you again, my see guy. Potter, Steve, much love. It's always good to get a dub. See everybody later, man. Peace. All right. Next up, uh, you know. Unfortunately, he didn't have as good argument points today. Um, Robert, go ahead and say bye to the people. <laughs> I arrived in Phoenix at 5 a.m. last night. So that's this morning. I'll, I'll come back and I'll bring the fire this morning. Yes. I think I'm running about three hours of sleep. So I, I promise to bring the fire again next time. Uh, but thanks for having me on here today. It was a lot of fun. Good kicking it. Good shit talking realtors. It's always fun. Just <laughs> shit talk to NAR. And, that's... and uh, let's do this again sometime. If you guys need help selling your deals, uh, sold about $10 billion, over $10 billion of houses this year, all off market. Check out investorlift.com. Get.investorlift.com. Check it out. Uh, or at investorlift on YouTube. 
Instagram. If you want to get 10% off, use coupon code disruptors. You'll get 10% off your first year on Investor Lift. And uh, super excited to help you guys sell your deals faster at higher prices. There we go. And also, if anybody is feeling generous, go ahead and uh, send up a cup of coffee and a Red Bull to his room over there at the Best Western. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Stratton, (laughs) say bye to the people. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Potter, I'm glad you're feeling better. Glad it's a better circumstance. If you guys need help with any type of staffing, virtual staffing in your business, go to virtualhelp.io. That's the company I own. And it was amazing bashing the realtors. Thank you, <laughs> Rob, Chris. You know, like we got to stand together on this. Thank you guys again so much for having me on. And I think I got shafted again, but like that's for another day. I think <coughs> Potter is biased. If that's just my opinion. How am I biased when the non-realtor who tries to put me out of business <laughs> won? <laughs> how does that work? The Biased. former, the former brokerage owner. <laughs> you and Mr. Pfizer, Steve Trang down there. Right. <laughs> Look, we're running a cartel. All right. Hey, last but certainly not least, say bye to the people, Steve El Chapo. I certainly appreciate Stratton. All I do is win <laughs> Brown claiming victimology for getting shafted <laughs> on the loss uh that was that was entirely pleasant to, to witness there's a lot of fun right like i think this is a topic that it's not going away anytime soon but i i think it's really good to have diverse perspectives like the reality of the matter is um we all make good points right both sides we all make good points and i think the value here we're talking about back to question number six is understanding both sides i think the perspective is so critical like if we're just standing on one side and throwing stones at the other, we're going to have what Rob's talking about. You know, this is Israel, Palestine 2.0. It'll never be resolved. But it's not until we actually sit down and actually understand the other side, try to figure out how to help each other and work together. Uh, this, this, this will stay exactly where it's at, which is exactly where it's been since I started Real Estate Disruptors, trying to bridge this community and just realizing that's never going to happen. So great show. Enjoy hanging out with my friends. And uh, I hope everyone got uh, uh, at least a few laughs out of it. And then, of course, don't forget to go to naw.org uh, if you're a wholesaler. You know, <laughs> go go ahead and get in. Use disruptors as your code. Twenty percent off. Go to narnaw.org. <laughs> narnaw.org. All right, we had a lot of fun. We will see you guys next week. Peace.